But to be honest, um, and this is something that I would like to share with many of the audience, is like uh, not many people from Latin America is thinking about coming to the United States only. I have several friends, for example, my brother-in-law, he has to migrate to Spain, for example. And so I have some others friends that they went to Australia or they went to another country. I mean, like the United States probably is the first option because of uh, geography, right? And, and pretty much is the most, prox- uh, the most proximate uh, place. And also when we see how is the political reality and the social reality in this place, even even more, I mean, like there is a, a lot more second thoughts about if I, if we should go over there. just want to welcome you to another episode of the Lenses Podcast. And man, is it a great conversation today. I am so, so very excited. My guest today is Joel Rodriguez. And we'll uh, we'll get to Joel's story here in just a moment. Um, but first, again, I just wanted to thank you so much for tuning in for another episode, for your comments. I'm getting regular comments and feedback from many of you that are telling me how much you're appreciating the guests, you're appreciating the conversations and how it's challenging your thinking and challenging your worldview, challenging your lenses. And that's exactly what the intention of this podcast was when I started out here just not very long ago. Something that I, I want to share with you that I'm, I'm really excited about, but I, I would love your input on is I'm getting ready to uh, launch a Patreon page for the Lenses Podcast. If you're not familiar with Patreon, Patreon is a service for creators, all kinds, music, art, and yes, podcasts. It's designed to be a platform to give people the opportunity to donate and support art that they really engage with. That's what I'm hoping for with lenses is that as I start to build and as I as I start to grow the audience and the in the conversations that we'll be able to advertise in in larger ways and and reach even more people that way. I'm committing considerable time to the podcast too. So there's that element of it to to just buy some some freedom to be able to focus specifically on lenses. So I would appreciate your support, one, but we're not quite there yet. First, Patreon is kind of set in a way where you have tiers. And so uh, if you are going to be, you know, donating at a, at a, you know, $5 a month tier, then there's an extra incentive in the podcast for you. Uh, if you're going to be donating at a $10 tier, or a $20 a month tier or, or something like that, then those things go up. And so I would love to hear some things that would be interesting to you. Some ideas that I have is maybe some behind the scenes conversations where I put those out only to Patreon supporters. Another idea that I have is having a live Q&A sessions with that month's, in particular, that month's guests where you can log in on a you know on a, a, a private Zoom call and have conversations with some of the guests who've been on the podcast. Those are just a couple of ideas I have. I would love to hear from you if there are other things that would be interesting to you in the same way. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram and let me know your thoughts. But now for the reason that you tuned in at all today, the conversation with Joel Rodriguez. Like I said, this was such a fantastic conversation. I listened to every podcast multiple times as I'm editing it, and I sat back over and over again, jotting notes down, just thinking to myself, my God, this is good stuff that Joel is is sharing. I can't wait to share it with you here today. So who is Joel? Well, Joel is an immigrant pastor from Central America, and that's the primary lens that we really focused on for this conversation in Lenses. Because as you know, the thing that I'm trying to do is expose all of us to different worldviews. This is really interesting because before he immigrated to the United States 
And actually, before he became a pastor, he was a professor of sociology and arts in several different communities in Central America, where he had a, a passion and a focus on indigenous and religious cosmovision. All right, so what the hell is cosmovision? That's what I, I had to go look it up for myself. Well, interestingly enough, cosmovision at its most basic form is your vision of everything, how you see everything. And so Hoel was passionate about how we see everything from our current field of view of where we live and where we are, and from a religious perspective. So as you can see, we had a ton in common. That's what we're focused on here at Lenses. And so we just immediately dove right into views of the world, especially from someone who is coming into the great PNW here from the outside and looking at things with a completely different and fresh set of lenses. We talk about a lot of other things as well, but I'm going to tell you this, because he's currently in process for getting his citizenship, we did want to kind of talk carefully too. So you're going to hear us talk around some things. And if you're wondering why I didn't just kind of punch in and ask him, what do you think about, you know, ICE raids? What do you think about, you know, police brutality? What do you think about Trump or whatever else? I, I intentionally stayed away from those things just out of respect for the process that Hoel is in. But he still manages to speak around things to, to give us some very interesting perspectives on how we can have a larger, grander view of not just the, the world that we live in, but the world at whole. So again, I know you're gonna love this conversation as much as I did, and here we go. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, well, uh, what I can add is like, uh, always when people ask me about where I'm from, it's a very difficult uh, question to answer. Because my father uh, taught us always um, that you are not from the place where you were born. You are from the place that you were welcome and, and received. So mm. that's something that really has impacted my life personally in the yeah. different experiences as, as a missionary family in mm. different contexts of extreme poverty. Uh, actually, what it meant uh, was like a people in really hard conditions uh, always were happy and glad to welcome uh, mm. to us, to their places, to to share what they have, their meal, maybe the one, the only one that they have for that day. And that experience uh, transformed you into a citizen of the world. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank I you. love that. That's absolutely beautiful. Um, today, I, I, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you um, because you know, your, your particular set of lenses, as we talk about here, um, are, are, are very different from the Americanized set of lenses. Um, in fact, we were just, just talking just briefly before we, we started recording here that, that even the, the whole concept of lenses is a very American kind of thing, right? That we, we you know, understand that there's um, polarizing ways of seeing the world, you know, depending on, on what kind of context that you were, you know, raised in or exposed to or, or whatever else. Mm -hmm. And so for you having, um, what I'm just guessing is this rich history of experiences in your life. And just by, you know, some of, of what you've, you know, shared just in your bio there. Um, and, and now in this context of, of coming into this country in a, in a time when, I mean, there's just a lot going on here right now, right? Yes. <laughs> and so, um, so it's just, it's uh, I, really fascinating for me to be able to, to just have this conversation and say, what is, what does the world look like through someone who is, um, or what does this particular area of the world look like from, from someone who is coming in? Um, and, you know, from that, that again, you, you weren't raised with all the same uh, context that in particular I was, right? <laughs> Where, um, and, and from a, a certain set of uh, uh, lenses, really, just from, you know, to, to see the world in a certain kind of color and fashion. It's, this, is all, uh, this is all just a, a different kind of experience for you. And I, I, I love that. I'm fascinated by it. Um, but you had mentioned that you'd, you'd like to kind of just 
start with just sharing a little bit of your life and, and how you even yes. got here in the first place. And, and I'd, I'd love to hear that. Love to hear your story. Thank you, Casey. Uh, well, as you said, it, talking about lenses is something pretty new to me. Hmm. Um, that's why I'm, I'm very identified myself with the terminology of cosmovision, which means actually not only the sociological reasons, but actually your experiences, your stories, hmm. how uh, you see the world from your context, a context from Central America, from uh, a marginalized uh, society that hmm. That is that has been very impoverished. But talking about uh, who 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 am I? It's it's something <laughs> that it's really difficult to to mention. I was telling you right a little before when since we started recording that um, asking this question to myself is, is really a challenge for mm. several reasons. Uh, it's not something that many people used to ask me. Um, hmm. sometimes I believe like the world in the one that I live is just taking the things by granted hmm. um, but not really considering some of the, the stories that are behind of the just the, the, the first facade right? it's, right. it's, it's right. something actually really difficult to me it, I have to be honest uh, I have to make like introspective process to look inside of me and to see actually who am I and what places of privilege I, uh, I'm already placed. Mm. Even though I came from, uh, I come from a, a poor country, um, an impoverished country. Um, even when I was living there, I, I, I already had my privileged status. For example, in, mm. in my country, I'm considered white because my skin is lighter mm. and my eyes are, are green. Mm. Um, and I'm like that model of the white model of family which is the most acceptable and uh, and the prettier that usually you find on the on the tv commercials and for example from the movies that we watch from hollywood and all this systematical um uh, media uh, exposure that we, we actually we, we actually live um but pretty much talking about me uh my, my my family and me we we come from a context of war especially in the 80s my father worked with uh, several salvadorian refugees during mm. the 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 war in el salvador and also in guatemala alongside the border with honduras at that time uh, my father he was working with the mennonite church and some NGOs that help with humanitarian assistance uh, in Honduras. Okay. Unfortunately, like the stories of many countries in Latin America, many of the governments and dictatorships has been imposed by the, the external powers that manage the, the well, the, the geopolitics of the area. Mm -hmm. So my father, uh, who was a pastor, well, he is a pastor, but at that time, uh, he was working with uh, helping the refugees. And, and sometimes as a pastor, he has to gather the communities just to celebrate, for example, the, the communion. And, mm. uh, and people uh, that were uncovered from the government, especially the, the police uh, intelligence, uh, came into those uh, places just to listen what was kind what was the kind of message that they were asking. And, and, if, and if it sounds something more pro-social justice, they were considered communist and, and, and they were added to a really like black list, right? Mm. So my father was persecuted uh, with my mother also. Um, mm. And uh, thankfully for the, the solidarity uh, arms and, and people that um, we, we, we had at that time, um, they solved to flee the country uh, and they went to Costa Rica and that's what, where I was born. I was mm. born pretty much in that context. In so several, this that time of persecution and that that was before you were born or so yes okay okay yes and even during because I for example my family we returned to Honduras several years after the war ended mm. uh, well the, the conventional war because right to, even till today there is a war living on the streets in in, in Central America so uh, from that context I always been a a migrant always going from place to place then after after we returned to honduras uh, our country was struck by a natural disaster like it was hurricane mitch in 1998 uh it was terrible uh 
a lot of lives were lost. Uh, for example, the, the, the agricultural uh, sector was completely destroyed in, in, well, in the amount of poverty. In, it, it was something horrible. And so in, in, there are some pictures that I have from, I was like 10 years old at, at that time. And it was re really difficult to see the bodies on the streets um, in context of desolation uh, completely. Uh, and then uh, we start working with the United Methodist Church with some of the groups, the missionary groups that came uh, to help according from that this natural disaster. And well, several years later, I went to seminary and finally uh, we, we couldn't find uh, enough support in Honduras to keep going do the economical situation. And we, as many of my, my fellows and, and friends, we moved to the north because there was no other option to, to go. Mm. But gladly here we found a, a, a spiritual and a church family that welcomed us and received us. And well, along that was a great process also of, of welcoming and, and now trying to adapt into a new life, which is similar in some ways, but really mm. different in several others. Sure. So yes, it's, it's part of my <laughs> yeah. story in just a short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, there's a lot of compressing, I'm sure, there. So, <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> so um, for you, you you initially came here, and I mean, like, you didn't come here to take the position at the church that you currently have right now. Um, is that correct? You came here, joined the church, did you know that sort of thing, and then and then moved into a ministry role within that actually uh i was serving in honduras before coming here uh as a english uh, teacher in 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 one of the poor schools in yeah. elementary schools in, in honduras yeah and i and i started a process uh, of becoming a local pastor but it mm. took several times after paperwork and documentation for fulfill the migratory status. It was very costly also. And after two years, I finally arrived here as a local pastor, but mm. in a process of learning, not actually being right away a, a okay. pastor, just as an associate pastor. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, did you, uh, and this is a little personal information. Did you, did you migrate with a family? I mean, do you have a family, kids uh, or... Well, I I migrate with my wife. Um, yeah. My family they moved to the, to the United States several years uh, before. I I couldn't migrate with them because of of documents and okay in paperwork. So we we were actually uh, look for another opportunity and to see in what other ways to work so we can return and be reunited with our family. But yeah. yes, we were separated because of that reality that strokes several families. Got it. Got it. Today in, in this country. Yeah. So one of the things that has been a, a, a common conversation around, you know, friends that I have and, you know, and, and things because of just the, again, like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of chaos here right now, you know, and, um, and, some of the conversation has been around um, just some of the, the great difficulties of um, of things that we don't like here in America, things that we struggle with here in America. Um, and, you know, that we, we wish things were different. And, and you even hear people talk about, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to Canada or I'm going to go to, you know, France or something, you know, where there's free healthcare and all that kind of stuff. I think it would it would be good for me to hear what draws someone like you here. I mean, what is what is it that you see here that is that still? And I don't want to put words in your mouth of the American dream or you know all that kind of stuff, right? But um, but I think it would be good just to hear what is it that draws you here and not somewhere else in the world. Okay. Um, well, I believe the first reason is family above everything in my own experience uh, because of the experience that I, that we, we, we passed before in that situations of violence and, and uncertainty, uh, our family becomes like a very strong core. Um, 
and it was very difficult for us to adapt to in other places and even in here because yeah. we 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 were trying to be protective from the outside in that situation so it was like a psychological process also to overcome sure but to be honest uh, and this is something that i would like to share with many of the audience is like uh not many people from latin america is thinking about coming to the united states only i have several friends for example my brother-in-law he has to migrate to spain for example mm. And so I have some others, friend, they, they went to Australia or they went to another country. I mean, like the United States probably is the first option because of uh, geography, right? Sure. And, and pretty much is the most prox- uh, the most proximate uh, place. But actually, it's not all the 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 the, uni- the, the See, unique place right in the world r- right away right away you're you're kind of like you're poking at a lens already all right <laughs> that is that's not what we're led to believe we're exactly. led to believe that uh, those who are south are are doing whatever it takes to get in to cross our border and to to flood over and to get in here and you're you're saying that that's that's not actually the case. Exactly. It's not the case. And also when we see how is the political reality and the social reality in this place, even even more, I mean, like there is mm. a, a lot more second thoughts about if I, if we should go over there. Of course, I mean, like our societies are very differentiated and really unequal, uh, mostly that the people that are in, in, in that are the most poor of the poor they don't have maybe the money to buy an air ticket and, and to have a visa, for example, to fly to Europe Got or it. other places. And pretty much the most uh, easiest way probably to, to migrate is the most immediate place and they go by ground. Mm. So there yeah. are several several situations. Um, but the thing is like the, the, the real purpose behind all of this it's not really because uh, these countries are beautiful and are the most exceptional places like the, the American dream. No, it's not anything about that. It's just because of family. For the dream, like mm. uh, for to have a better life for your beloved ones, for for to have opportunities that maybe our countries, because of impoverished systems and corrupt systems, uh, yeah. has not led us to step forward. Something that I always uh, think of myself was why I cannot live the life of many, many Americans or people from the United States. I could not live that in my country. For example, why in my country I have to wait uh, twice a week to have water uh, in clean water to, to drink? Mm. Why in my country I cannot have like one or two cars? Why in my country, for example, I I don't have access, uh, for example, to a, a health uh, access that is uh, very complete so I cannot make long lines to wait for a medicine that probably is not because of the high demand. Um, and, and several questions okay. like that. Why, for example, they look superior and they look uh, very... Um, fancy and with their nike shoes and and their <laughs> apple watch and i right. and i have maybe a watch that it's a casio or something that is <laughs> <laughs> really so that kind of difference when i was a teenager i that's questions i made to myself right but then i understand that in this world uh definitely people live different realities for several reasons but mostly of those reasons are a very suspicious one uh, in terms of power, in terms of uh, interest, political interest, and economy, and the market also that is the the great so, deal we live today. So you, I mean, you you say that that one of your passions is is social justice. Is yes. is this distinctly a justice issue for? Is that what you're talking about? That there are, there are issues of of justice here. There is something that I always mention um, in my country. Unfortunately, we don't have peace. And we don't have peace because we are violent or something like that. No, we don't have peace because we don't have justice. Our justice system doesn't work. So it's, 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 a, it's an issue more about peace. I mean, like to have like a life, a dignified life that helps you to, to, to accomplish your dreams and for, yeah. your, and for your family and beloved ones. But when a place there is no justice, and this applies for every context and every and every place in the world, when there is no justice, there is no peace. 
Mm. And when there is a, a context of poverty, and when people experience injustice, poverty becomes really a punishment. Mm. It's really something uh, terrible to suffer. So th that's that's what happened. I mean, like the, the question is why a few has so much, but that much that more than they need, and why several people, at least, they have verily to feed their sons or, or or daughters by the day if they if they can. Yeah. So here we would we would cry the same thing. Um, in fact, you know, joining the Black Lives Matter uh, rally that happened a few weeks ago here in, in Spokane, where I am, um, one of the, the regular chants was no justice, no peace, exactly what you just said. Um, and so we would, you know, here we would say our justice system is, is significantly broken, how we believe that there is systemic racism that's involved. We believe that there is Um, that there's even corruption at some levels, but it's hard to root out. It's hard to put a finger on it, to, to find it. With what you're talking about, you're, you're coming from a system, from what I understand, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, where it, injustice and corruption is built into the system. Like, like there is, it, it's not hidden. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's out in the open. Right. I mean, it's in I mean, so it's a it's an entirely different level from what we're experiencing here. As awful as the things that we are experiencing here, it's a it's a step up even beyond that. Is that a correct assumption? Uh, absolutely. Remember that corruption and systematically uh, racism is something that is very profitable for a certain group of people. Mm. Uh, it's something from, from the people actually makes a huge amount of money in, in, in power. And also right. in, in societies, for, for example, with the, the systematically racism and systematical power is so placed in one ethnicity that uh, it's enormously rich, enormously powerful. Uh, it's going to be a lot more difficult. You mentioned something about the movement of Black Lives Matter. In Latin America, for example, uh, the variety of, of ethnicities, uh, something is very difficult about the colorism, as I explained a, a little mm -hmm. earlier, uh, is how important it is to look white and, and to be it. lighter, right? That opens you several uh, options. But in Latin America, racism feels different because we are a mix from the mestizo. We are half Spaniard and half indigenous. But when I came to this country, I found and I realized that this racism here definitely feels way, way different. Because at least in my country, I had never seen a police to to hit somebody of or using like the excessive force in someone of color or so, or some indigenous just because like that. But here is very common, and this is something mm. that really impacted myself. I'm not saying that everyone is like this, but sure, it sure, happens, sure. And, yeah. and 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 definitely that's something that really surprised me. I mean, like when a, a group of people is entitled in power, like for example, many supremacists that in in, in our state here are, uh, there is this wrong concept like uh, the, the ownership of the world, and this is something that really affects me because uh, from the outside. Our view from the the, the 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 intentions and the political intentions from the from the previous administrations in the current administration here in the U.S. is like okay, they are like the police of the world. They pretty much are bringing peace and liberty in places that the situation is very complicated. But once we found there is totally different, and 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 pretty much we ask ourselves, okay, who gave them the right? to come and to do this and to do right. that. So right. there is a lot of conflict, a lot of uh, situations that is very difficult to understand. But then you see like these movements of supremacism is is based on the mind and the set of ownership of the world. Uh, I It's like saying, okay, I feel powerful. I feel 
that I can have a gun and this brings me power and these ideas of liberty and, and, and that we are the best nation in the world. And that kind of rhetoric actually makes mm. you think that you are pretty much the best and you own the, the world by rule, by power, because you are better than the others. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about how, um, you know, when you when you see uh, when you see power land with a within a certain group of people, um, or you see money land with a certain group of people, or more often than not, you see money and power align with a certain group of people. That 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 com that combination of money and power just is a, is a magnet for corruption. Um, and you know, and, and we kind of went back and forth, my friend and I, we kind of went back and forth on it a little bit the other day because it was like, it doesn't mean that if you have money or if you have power, you are corrupt. It's not a, it's not a formula that equals it, exactly. but it certainly is a very strong magnet for it. Um, and I, and I think that is a, a picture of, of what we have seen taking place is that, that you have centers of power, you have centers of money, and and again, like I said, most often they they go together, right? Um, and it and it invites it's it's a magnet for levels of corruption that then have to maintain the power and the money, which then means that the the disparity between those who have power and money and those who do not continues to grow, continues to ever widen. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious then as you, as you are here and you're, you're witnessing all of this and you're, you're seeing all this for yourself. Um, and you, you know, you, I, I, I have to imagine that you are a, an active person that you are, <laughs> that you don't, you're not just an observer, but you, but you engage. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about the, you know, the work that you did before, the work that your family has done. So you have this legacy in your family. You come here, you're, you're serving as a, as a minister in a community, which is an engaging, active kind of role. You talk about, you know, social justice um, being very important to you and, and all of that. Um, what, are, what are you active in? Um, what kinds of things are, are you doing to, that, um, that are sparked by, uh, by your passions? I mean, where do you see yourself getting involved? Where do you, where do you see yourself joining with, with others? Well, uh, as sometimes I'm thinking about the gospel and, uh, and the model, for example, of Jesus, hmm. uh, the, the, the Jesus that walks, that uh, his feet are, are dirty by the dust and that it's with the more excluded people of his times. Um, I always have this idea, like the church is built always on the streets, is built always mm. in, at homes, in, in places where actually people has a story to tell. And everyone actually has a story to tell. We are living stories. Um, we are not certainly made of atoms. We are made mm -hmm. of stories. And yeah. that's something that is very important to value. And in that exchange of experiences, uh, we find different possibilities and opportunities. We talk about our realities, the things that threaten us, our challenges as a society or community of faith or a community here in a small town like Sunnyside. And then we see in what, in what opportunities and what places we can do like a little uh, difference in that mm. place is being present on the streets, being present at the hospitals, being present at the schools, um, at people at the market, and pretty much being actors in generating conscience, which is uh, <laughs> the, the, the most important uh, and key part of all this work. Uh, but this, all of this comes from the experience. Um, life has been leading us to a certain way, and, some, and certainly this is something that I would like to invite people to, to move out of their bubbles and move out of their comfort zone and to experience the world as it is.
with the lenses of being a tourist because I remember in my country several of the mission right. groups that came to my country they came with wonderful ideas and intentions but I remember that mostly what they did and it was like taking pictures and and fulfilling a in a space like uh, okay I want to do something good for the people uh, but I'm going to take pictures and maybe I'm going to upload it to Facebook or to someplace else yes. just to show the yes. people how good I am uh, yeah. Yeah. but definitely they saw oh yeah there is poverty and and, and people why it breaks my heart to see people in, living in places like in in really small houses like with two or three families living at the same place but never none of them very few of them I, I can say they're themselves to ask why are the reasons of this for me my, my process of education starts when i came to this country at 19 years old that was the first chance hmm. that i had the opportunity to, to come here i didn't speak non-english at that time hmm. and i returned to my country and and then I tried from one way to another to to learn the language because I have that idea maybe one day it will be necessary to go over there. So I was thinking about the world actually is more bigger and, and complex than I think. Maybe sometimes when uh, when we have these kind of ideas like uh, what can I do actually or for example uh, I think that these people need this. All of this is part of is this colonized. Uh, Hmm. way of live i mean like we've been colonized in in different mm-hmm. different ways uh, right. the idea of like uh i have the truth or i have the, the the opportunity to do something for the others and then we come with this magnificent magnificent uh, plans like you said before we're going to do this and this and this but not really asking the people what you need Or do you need something? Or right. what are the areas actually that we or could help? Or do you help? even want us here? You know, I mean, exactly. <laughs> or are we just inserting ourselves? We're <laughs> we're unwanted. So, so the challenge, my friend, is uh, <laughs> how do we decolonize our present and our future? Hmm. And it's very interesting because uh, sometimes, as as I said before, we give things by granted. Hmm. Not necessarily things are like that. Um, for example, uh, my my personal experience here in Sunnyside, I came to a church where their first uh, female pastor was like uh, appointed six years uh, before I, I came. Mm. And that was the first woman as a pastor. And mm. then I saw in this huge wall, several pastors, mostly of them white. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and then when I realized myself, okay, what is the next picture on the wall? And I saw, well, is the Hispanic pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it was very complicated because this was pretty much a dying church. Mm. And, and they were holding themselves. They are wonderful people. But for several years, and with some conversation with some of the pastors that I met, uh, and, and they had the opportunity to work in this place, that was the, the, the problem. They saw like the community changing around them, but they want and keep to have their own church for themselves and not really for the community that was mm. growing around them. And now Sunnyside is one of the places where pretty much 85% of the population here is, is Hispanic. Or, mm. for example, that comes from Texas, but has some Hispanic uh, in, yeah, uh, yeah heritage yeah so yes um but of course i mean like how how can we decolonize the future what it comes after this pandemic thing um are we going to do pretty much the same or we're going to go back again to our life that were a couple of months before definitely we have to understand that the world has changed and 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 has changed in different areas in different uh, lenses <laughs> i like this yeah. word now <laughs> yeah right uh, yeah it works and, it's good <laughs> yeah and and, and 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 definitely this is something because the world as it was was not really enough i mean mm. like so much injustice so much so much inequality um not only for for hispanic black people also for also for white people mm-hmm. i mean like for poor white people Yeah. That was something that really impacted myself when I saw like a family, a white family, very poor, living as homeless, mm. which 
I don't know if it was their children or something related, but yeah, that really impacted myself. Yeah, lost in their places. So I I, I thought, well, there's something wrong here. What mm. what's what's going on? So, yeah. So for you, you had um, you'd mentioned earlier that you know you even in in where in Central America, you're you have lighter skin. Um, you have green eyes instead of brown eyes, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, and you know, I sit here at a, in a Zoom call with you and I, I say, yes, you, I mean, you, you look very light skinned, you know? So um, for you, has that, as the transition here, has it been a little easier than, than maybe some friends that you know, or, or people because of that, or do you still, um, do you still experience bias? Do you still experience racism yourself or? Well, in a certain way, probably into my own community of Hispanic people, I will have definitely more opportunities, but I found myself that I'm never going to be white enough to be fully accepted (sighs) in the system. Uh. Why? Because my last name is, Ro- is Rodriguez. Mm. Um, uh, you you can hear my accent, my heavy yeah. accent, definitely. Yeah. Um, my broken English in several ways. Uh, and definitely uh, by my experiences um, and, and also the, the way that I see myself, uh, definitely I will have some advantages in my home country, but definitely here is, is a whole different story. Um, in in my country, the, the the thing of colorism is something that has affected a lot of people, especially the indigenous communities. Okay. Um, the idea of looking more Spaniard, more white, right? Uh, the idea like, oh, the 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 the, the gringos, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> like it's a right. nickname, like to say that someone that comes from the United States, right? Um, Oh, everything from, that comes from the United States is good because the money and, and they have so much wealthy and so much. But of course, I mean, like we are not realizing that even in our own continent, we have so much resources, natural resources. We have water, we have so much minerals, but any none of that belongs to the people. And that's the greatest mm. curse we have. Yeah. We live in a country, well, I'm thinking if I if I live there, but in Latin sure. America, as many uh, continents, for example, in Africa and or in Southern Asia, we have resources, natural resources, beautiful. I mean, like you have the you look the Amazon, we mm-hmm. you look the different places. Um, in my country, uh, ten months of rain, but unfortunately, none of the people in the main cities has access to, to clean water. I mean, mm. and, and the water pretty much, and the companies are pr- privatizing everything. And, and everything is sold to the biggest companies, Chinese, American, European companies to, for um, water, electricity, um, oil. Mm. So nothing of what our land offers, besides, even though uh, we were um, assaulted by 400 years of colonization, uh, by robbery, by yes. taking our resources, taking everything, gold, minerals, to now that the countries of today, they experience this huge, wealthy and, and rich worlds because of that resources that at that time were took from, from, our, from our countries. We don't live with anything of that. Mm. I mean, like we don't have that. And that's why my question, I mean, why I cannot have a life that is enough that can makes me think about other issues that I would like to do, but I can't because I don't have the same opportunities. For example, a children, a, a child from, from, from Honduras uh, probably will never have a dream like being, okay, how is it like to go into the space? Uh, mm. I would like to be an astronaut. I would like to be this. Probably they say it, but for the reality, Mostly of them, if you go into the streets in Tegucigalpa or some other places in Latin America and you ask your children, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I would like to 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 be a professor or I would like to to have I would like to work to help my family. I would mm. like to have some money, maybe to help my mom because my dad left us or something like things, these kind of stories. And mm. if you have a child here, which is probably privilege. Um, for example, you will find families 
writing stories together or having a, a, a family trip to another country, another tropical country uh, in those resorts that are very beautiful. Maybe their concerns are not the same of the, of, of the children that actually lives in Central America. A child in Honduras, for example, to ha bring something, to have a... a more or less living life, they have to go and sell at the streets, uh, cleaning shoes, uh, doing uh, well, several kind of things. And, and then they have to go to, to school if they have the opportunity. Uh, but realities are very different. And that exposes mm. a reality that is very present. Mm. So I cannot dream things that I will like to because everything around me is way different. Uh, it's another reality. It's a kidnapped yeah. reality. Hmm. So um, usually when I'm when I'm interviewing somebody for a, a podcast episode like this, you know, I have these three questions that I like to 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 ask, and and I'm finding because of the nature of our conversation, I'm wanting to modify them a little bit. So I I send them to you ahead of time, but now I'm wanting to modify them. I hope that's okay. That's is that all right? No okay. Wait, no. If we just if we yeah, do an audible on. right now. <laughs> bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> um, so um, I, I'm really curious as to. Um, if you could just pick one or maybe two things that you wish that those with with my lenses and I'm going to I'm going to make it it could be as broad as my Americanized lenses or it can it can be much more specific as to my American white, you know, privileged male lenses. I mean, you can get as specific as you want with it. Um, what is what is just one thing that you just as you've been here and you've and you've you've been a part of our, you know, the communities that are here and all that, that you just wish that we would just get this. I just wish you would understand this one thing, or maybe it's two things, you know? Um, well, yeah. what I will say is like, uh, please, please, with all my heart, understand that the world is greater just from the place you are living in. Your, your privilege, the situation, be thankful for what you have, but at the same time, have the courage to be in solidarity and to share mm. what you have with the other people that probably has a different experience than the one you have. If you are in a place of privilege, it's because maybe life hasn't been that difficult, mm. but that will give you definitely an opportunity to do something that definitely can change your life in the life of others. Please don't take the things like granted. Hmm. There are several stories. Uh, look into the world, not with the eyes of a tourist, but hmm. like a people that actually lives in that place with their challenges, their difficulties, uh, their expectations and dreams, not only yeah. for themselves, but for their beloved ones too. Hmm. I, I'm curious as to um, what you what your take would be on this. I've been really thinking about how you know I, I all these different situations that are coming to light right now, and and the people that are having issues with it, all the way from you know people that are having uh, issues saying that Black Lives Matter, and they want to say all lives matter, or or people that are. Um, don't want to wear a mask in public because you can't make me do that. That's against my rights or, or, you know, a, a hundred other things that are, you know, that are stories like that. It, it, we have this, this deep, deep history all the way to our foundational roots here in the United States of like this hyper individualism of that we are, um, that we actually can live autonomously from others, um, that we are enough unto ourselves. And so if I, if I want something, I just have to work hard and make it happen. But it's entirely up to me to do it. Um, and, and same thing for you. So don't, don't come asking me for something. If you want it, you go work hard for it. I had to work hard. You go work hard for it, right? 
Um, and, you know, it, all the way into, you know, we, we build our homes and then we build, you know, these tall fences around them to, to block everybody else out. And, you know, and, and it just seems like there's like this, this along with the kind of the core of who we are is this hyper individualism. Does that, does that ring true with you? I mean, it, it sounds, it sounds like it does a bit in that, um, in just what you were saying to, to understand that the world is bigger than our backyard, right? <laughs> that, uh, that there, yes. there is connection that exists that, that what we have truly, it, I mean, it, it doesn't just belong to us. There's nothing, there's nothing that, I mean, like the Native Americans you say here too, you can't own the dirt. <laughs> you can't exactly. own the ground. Yeah. We think we can, you mm -hmm. know? Have, have you seen that? I mean, play out, <laughs> I, I don't mean to like serve you up a softball here, but I mean... You know, no, that's it, fine. <laughs> and now you completely understand it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you two stories about this. First of all, First of all, one of that is very personal. Um, for the people that think like by the, the individual effort, we can achieve great things. I can mm. tell you, I was working in my country more than 50 hours per week mm. with a salary of $300. Mm. Just with that. That's, I was lucky because some, many, so much people make less than that. Mm. And I work very, very hard. Hmm. And I didn't get any richer. I mean, like, that's the same story that we've been told in our countries. If that's true, I will say, like, Honduras probably will be a superpower in the world, comparing maybe to Norway, Denmark, hmm. because people work hard every hmm. day. But the most people work, work, work. That doesn't seem like uh, the economy or something for themselves is, is, is getting better. Mm. People work not uh, with the, uh, for the money that they can achieve. They pay that work with their time of life. Mm. The time of life that they work and they spend doing an activity that put them a part of their families and the things that they will really like to do because they have to do some income to, to subsist. But definitely mm. money is built with the time of life you have. Mm. The other concept for the land in ownership in Central America with the native communities and the, and the original people, indigenous, they don't have the concept of, of borders. For example, there is a group called Lencas and some of them in, in Central America, they migrate from country to country. Some countries had problems because they say, okay, how can we give a permission of a passport to them? And many mm. NGOs and indigenous groups said they don't need passports because they don't, uh, passports because they don't need them. They don't need them. For them, there is no line uh, draw on the on the ground. The mm. land is land. The, is the Pachamama, which is which means the the mother the mother earth that mm. pretty much sustain us. And we are part of them, not that we own uh, the, the land. Unfortunately, that kind of thought of ownership came from the Renaissance 400 years ago when we start looking ourselves as gods and said, okay, the, the ideal of the human kind and, and, and the idea of, of perfection where we believe like and when to do the creation as we found, for example, in the book of Genesis, like we, we see ourselves in the center of the whole universe, which is something very different because when God create everything in the narrative of the, of the Old Testament, God created the earth, the universe, and created us in partnership with all that has been created to mm. work together and collaborate to respect each other mm. in a life that is sustained by the breath of grace and breath of living uh, 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 grace that was uh, gave it to us. So not really, it's, a, it's an intention of, uh, of ownership. And that's the problem that we have today. We yeah. believe like, because we have more resources than others, we have the right to step forward and, and probably to subdue others that has mm. in, 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 in a disadvantaged situation. Definitely, this is something that we have to think about. Um, we are not the owners of the world. Mm. The world has mm. been there and the world is gonna be there after we 
we are not here. Uh, yeah. This is the, yeah. the pandemic is the, is, the, is the great example. The great economies, the great superpowers now are kneeled by a virus. Yes. What yeah. happened? Yeah. Because the destruction of the resource, natural resources, pollution, mm. um, immigration. Yesterday, there, there is like a, a new caravan of 300 people from Honduras departing, leaving their homes, leaving their, their, their families in this mm. midst of this pandemic. They will probably never reach to the United States. But in that context of extreme poverty, plus the pandemic that doesn't allow them even to, to make the day for to have to sell something to 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 feel to feed their their, their families yeah they are desperate mm. and and this is the outcome of a very polarized world a world from some people a, a certain reality for some some in, in other reality for others mm. which is very unequal so yeah. why is that and yeah. that's my my questions Mm. Yes. So in your view, um, and in, in, in taking all of this in and, you know, your, um, your worldview, I I'm sure has expanded, you know, very rapidly as you know, you, you, like you said, you, you've always, you've always been a migrant of, of sorts in, in, in moving around, but in, but in coming here and, you know, and relocating here, Sure, your your worldview has expounded massively, um, and how you how you see how um, how we uh, engage with one another. You see how we're how we need one another. As you see the 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 core needs that you know, so many times we try to hide away and pretend like they're not really there, so that we make ourselves make our communities look better and, and that sort of thing. Um, what do you see as the great work that that needs to happen amongst us is it um i mean when you when you look at uh you look at the poor when you when you look at those who are um who are you could say relationally or spiritually poor right that they're just in need because they're you know they're they're separate from others or or they're separate from the divine or Um, when you look at all of the needs that that you come into contact with on on a regular basis as a pastor, what what would you say are these are the core needs that we can actually address if we would just come together and address them? <laughs> well, everything starts with an introspective exercise. Uh, I will definitely suggest um, and call as a pastor to take out the sandals of your feet and to walk, mm. uh, feel the ground, be earth grounded. Mm. Um, pretty much people doesn't need too much. People, what it needs is love. It needs solidarity. Uh, Not mercy, <laughs> but that's something that is very different. Yeah. When we talk in terms of solidarity, it's like what we are doing right now. We are talking in equal circumstances. Hmm. We are looking through the screen, but when you talk with a person, you 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 look at his or her eyes, and in in and there is a an, an exchange of information and stories. Hmm. That's a dignifying way to to approach and to be open to a new reality where we can learn. Um, people definitely needs to understand this. Hmm. Um, we cannot come to a place uh, with our ideas of what the world could be, but actually with the intention to listen, to practice a gospel of the ear. Hmm. We need to listen deeply, way wow. more. Than, than talking because uh, probably w everything what we need is uh, to listen with your mind and heart to the book of story of another person mm. and you will find out um, but definitely let's listen more and let's talk less let's do wow. more and let us pretend less
there is no way magical recipe or, or something like I can tell you. But at least if you are Christian or if you believe or you are, it doesn't matter in what religion, actually, I, this is fundamental. Mm. Have the, the practice of listen, listen more. Um, try to incarnate the, the struggles of the other. Mm. And you find a different reality and your mm -hmm. heart and your mind will be in light. I, I definitely enjoy uh, to listen to the children. <laughs> Doesn't matter from what country or what language they speak or what yeah. reality or sociological reality they have. Children have something in common. Doesn't matter from what country they are from. Children look uh, the world with the eyes of hope. Hmm. They believe like things uh, could be better or they just enjoy the things like what, what they are. Hmm. Uh, they don't have complexities about if who is taller or who is lighter or who is not. They are just children and they enjoy. Sometimes they cry, sometimes they they yeah. are kind of yeah. little selfish sometimes, <laughs> but definitely they are very fast forgiving. Hmm. And, and probably we as adults, we will have uh, different ideas and different perspectives. Of course, I'm not saying that we have to agree in everything. Right, right. But we need to have a heart, a forgiving heart. Mm. We need uh, to, to, to open our hearts and minds uh, to the other, to open our arms. I'm never saying that I hate this country or the story or what really happened in this place. I, I have a great uh, appreciation and love for this country. And now yeah. I'm more incarnated in, in the realities that happen in this place. For example, my, my first son, Alessio, who is already one year old, he was born mm. in this place. He was born here in Sunnyside. So mm. now I have uh, stories that ground me to this place. Yeah. And I started yeah. looking this place as also as my home because now is my home. And I suffer and it's really painful when I see situations of injustice that really affects the people of this place that now I call my home and receive me and welcome me as a yeah. home. Okay. So, yes, uh, I, I have hope in the people. Hmm. But in the people, what means to be people? Yes. What makes us human? Yeah. So I hope someone can understand. <laughs> yeah. Their part. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I <sighs> that I I can't think of a of a better place to put a pause on this conversation. Um, and I say put a pause on it because. I feel like we've just started scratching the surface. And I mean, I, I would love to continue a dialogue with you. Um, I just, I think that um, your perspective is refreshing in, um, in, a, in a time of honestly trouble right now. Um, that, you know, to, that I, I have difficulty grasping hope myself at times right now. Um, and it's good to hear you talk about hope. It's good to hear you talk about that. Um, thank you. So I, I, I just want to, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with me here today. Um, mm -hmm. And I am, I am very hopeful <laughs> that <Agreed>. uh, <laughs> that our that our audience will uh, will appreciate your your words and your your perspective, your lenses, um, every bit as much as I did. And I just, I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you to the audience also uh, to have this practice to trying to understand someone who came from the outside. <laughs> thank you for welcoming me also in this space. Thank you, Casey, also for your work. Uh, thank you for being an actor of conscience. <laughs> That's very needed. And definitely, yes, uh, hope is a challenge. Sometimes myself, I want to Ask God, please send a, 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 a spaceship and take me some other place. That's not the reality. <laughs> right. in, 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 in who doesn't? I mean, like what man or what woman could not improve the place where she or he lives? Mm. I mean, like, uh, and that makes me to think this is home. 
and I want everyone in my home, doesn't matter whom, I mean like everyone to have the same opportunities, to have the same spaces and their voices to be heard. But yeah. also, this is very important, and, and, and this is something I want to make very clear, always respecting the rights of the other, mm. not imposing, I mean, mm. like uh, with your power or your ideas to the other. All of us, we have a voice to tell. All mm. of us, we have a story. But definitely the difference between conscience, peace and justice is technically uh, the possibility to humanize ourselves mm. and to put life and dignity before everything else because in bonds of love that's how we start having these conversations as brothers yeah we are, yeah. Brother, we are sons of different mothers but brothers in one holy spirit yeah yeah awesome thank you you're welcome